All right, welcome back to the Ohio win. Um, you know, interesting day yesterday here in Ohio. Um, Larry Householder, and man, we haven't talked about him much in the past couple months, but if you remember back a uh, couple months ago, uh, scandal with House Bill, um, what was it, 61, I believe? House Bill 6, sorry, I'm getting my numbers mixed up this morning. House Bill 6? Um, yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking 61, but it was actually House Bill 6, where, you know, it was a bill to help fund um, First Energy, and there was accusations, has not been proven proven yet, uh, but accusations that um, Householder and his group uh, took lots of money. Um, maybe that's where the $61 million we're coming from. Uh, lots of money in contributions, and... You know, it's pending in court, but there's a, it's a valid accusation, and uh, some other stuff was going on. So right away, they stripped his um, House speakership, I guess. And then yesterday, uh, the House took the step to expel him. And apparently, it was interesting, the last time the House did this, there was somebody who punched somebody else in the 1850s, and they said, hey, you're going to get expelled for that. But they haven't taken that step since um, 1850, but they did that yesterday. Um, Brandon, I don't know. I mean, you know, the guy hasn't been proven guilty, but, you know, it seemed like it was a step that made sense for the State House, I would imagine. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I hear you on on that point of like, well, should you wait for at least a conviction? Um, but um, on the other hand, these members know Householder pretty well, and maybe they feel like this is the best best thing for the body as a whole. Um, we're in the age of where politicians are finally, you know, um, you know, where their egos are really inflated, um, I guess is to put it. And I'm not necessarily speaking necessarily in householders' case. I just think what I'm guessing we're getting to, though, is this point of, of like, uh, no one's backing down from a scandal. You're not resigning. It's not putting a conscience, like, you know, like, over the last, and it's sort of been like, I don't know, a Trump effect or whatever, where, um, you, where you see kind of Trump set the example of, I'm not, I'm not stepping down from my, from, from any, from any position for any simple mere allegation. Um, and it's this thing on both sides, sort of in a, in a set in a weird way, you know, with the, uh, Minnesota Senator, uh, SNL alumni who got, who did step down kind of resonations. There's still debate whether those, uh, those sexual harassment allegations were, um, were even, were really didn't get scrutinized enough. Then you, but now you even have like fast forward today where the governor of New York is not refusing to step down for uh, his own out for uh, sexual harassment allegations. Now this is kind of different. It's not a sexual harassment issue. It's more of a you know good old fashioned political corruption allegation. Um, and it's not even like it's not even you know bystanders making allegations it's actually you know fbi involvement uh you know good old-fashioned like hey there's a there was a there was a crime here we have evidence uh we're take we're pro we're we're doing due process here in the courts um so 
you know, I think in that case, it's interesting, like if a politician is in that kind of situation, like the fact that they might not have the conscience to say, you know, I need to do what's best for my district and uh, step down. But now even then we're having like, now nah, I'm staying. You have to force me out kicking and screaming kind of situation. I think, I think that's what's, I wonder if that's going to be, for me, I guess that's my takeaway is, is that the precedent that we're going to be setting for years to come? Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that we saw recently in Washington was it was very partisan when they had, um, now in Washington with former President Trump, there was a couple impeachment hearings. Um, I mean, it wasn't expulsion, but in essence, it was a similar type of thing when you say impeachment. I, you know, Craig, the one thing that stuck out to me about the vote was it was very nonpartisan. I mean, most Democrats voted for it. But half the Republicans voted for it, too. And to me, that kind of adds a little bit more credence. Um, I think you made the argument about a week ago, Craig, saying, hey, he hasn't been found guilty. Um, you know, kind of not questioning an expulsion, but more saying maybe we need to take a minute and think about this a little bit more. To me, I, I kind of was persuaded a little bit by the fact that half the Republicans voted for it, too. I mean, if it was strictly down party lines, Democrats voted yes, Republicans voted no, I've had more questions, but the fact that you know, a lot of Republicans said, yeah, he needs to get expelled, it, it kind of helped convince me a little bit more. What about you? Well, you know, he'll have his day in court at some point. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that there were 21 people that voted to not expel him. Um, you know, clearly there was a, a swell of support to expel the vote reflects that, although it doesn't reflect it in a complete way because 21 people still voted, you know, to, to not expel. And, you know, there are, you got to figure there were going to be some people that were going to be the innocent until proven guilty type thing. And we're not going to vote to expel. But um, I think I'm a little bit more surprised that more people didn't vote to expel given the, the skew that we saw. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be a few people out there that still are going to, to wait the process out, and that's their prerogative. But I'm kind of surprised that more people didn't, uh, that this wasn't even a larger skew than it already was. Obviously, it was a large enough skew to, to have him expelled, but I'm a little surprised that some people are were kind of hanging on. But then again, you know, given the, the you know impeachment trial we had of the president, you know, re more recently, maybe it's it's not a surprise that, you know, more people are kind of hanging their hat on innocent until proven guilty or they just don't simply want to expel. So that, that's kind of my takeaway from it is just a little surprised by the fact that still are a lot of people out there that, you know, are, are supporting Larry Householder as opposed to just saying, you know, the time is time. It's time to get rid of him. Um, he'll have his day in court and, you know, we'll see what happens there. But it just wasn't a good look from the beginning and it was time to, to make a change. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I still have a hard time <clears throat> figuring out when people are telling the truth or not, but I, I listened a little bit to householders defense because you know, he was so, you know, as we know, he was still in the state house. He got the vote. Uh, he voted. No, he won the stay on as um, representative, but I, I thought it was interesting. Um, He's a lot of just, well, the truth will set you free, you know. You know, impeach me, don't expel me, you know. 
I don't know. I, I don't think his defense was super convincing to agent say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, I just kind of do Mario the Bravo of just saying, you know, make your case to say, um, um, you know, to kind of just stand your ground in that sense. You know, it's just kind of, that's what's so remarkable about it to me, I guess, a little bit. Um, you know, um, it it's interesting about the role of the speaker position. Uh, my wife and I, my wife was attended like one of the state rep uh, Zoom calls just kind of to learn more about kind of about that, um, the perspective, their perspective. And one of the interesting things about speakers, um, uh, the Ohio House speaker is just that they wield an enormous amount of power. Uh, in terms of especially like uh, staffing, I think, um, um, you know, if, if you're a Democrat, let's say you're a Democrat senator, a rep- representative or whatnot in the um, in the House and um, in the Ohio House, excuse me, and you have a staffer, uh, they are hired by the speaker and they can be fired by the speaker. And regardless of what that representative, um, regardless of what that representative's desires are, you know, so they wield an enormous amount of power. So I think it was appropriate. I think it, it was appropriate for the um, removal of him as speaker. Um, still interested. I'm still kind of of two minds about the ex- total expulsion. I can't even after before, before we even get to a court proceeding, get all wrapped up or whatnot. But, you know, like I say, maybe that does play like, again, like I said, these people know him and it might be, might be more about kind of like, um, the political culture they didn't like that direction where it was going yeah he even sets a dress code for um representatives and media uh, i heard a little grumbling from my side um i don't know if you guys knew this he was saying hey if you're a man and you're a rep in your media you're always wearing ties and suits when you go in for a session and woman you wear dresses and hose which I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if we were talking to me, we'd probably say, hey, we got to be formal. This is the say house. But uh, I, I, heard, I definitely heard a lot of grumbling because they had a Sunday night session um, and it was like weekend. And, you know, it was still, nope, you got to wear this. So it was a pretty strict dress code. So, man, that's got to be something you're in a stay house where you can set the dress code for everybody. That's kind of wild. Thankfully, we don't have that dress code here. So, yeah. <laughs> Believe me. It was um, good. Um, I didn't even know, realize that, but I, I would, I would, I don't know if there's kind of like a um, discrimination lawsuit of some kind waiting to be in store one day, but I have no idea. Maybe there's no law. I, th- I don't think that should be allowed. I mean, as long as you're dressed professionally in the state house, um, you know, that, um, that should be the only, that should be the thing trying to assert gender, these gender norms or <laughs> something. It's just like, um, a little, little bit of a, um, um, yeah, <laughs> that's just, that's just like, what are you doing? Um, well, yeah, but yeah, I, I think his side is probably like, Hey, you know, this is a state house and you know, we got to keep it very, very hostile, kind of a very, kind of a hostile, uh, work, work environment. Uh, what yeah. is what you're trying to say? Well, well you, but you can make the argument. And again, I'm not making the argument myself, but I can hear somebody making an argument saying, you know, darn it, you're in the state house. You know, you, you got to be upstanding and professional. But then at the same time, you know, like you said, 
you know, hey, you know, we're, we're getting to be a little bit more of a cashless society, and that doesn't mean tank tops, flip flops, and shorts. But you know, maybe it shouldn't be as strict as suits and dresses and hose each time. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, you know, it, I guess it's a matter of opinion, but it's a weird move. And well, I mean, like, it, uh, it's more like I'm just saying, like women definitely wear business suits and look very, very, very professional. <laughs> right. But I don't know. It, it's strange. I mean, when I was in management, I I always felt weird about dress code. I, I kind of just say, hey, look professional. You know, <laughs> don't embarrass the company. You know, don't come on in a swimsuit or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe I wasn't that strong for that. Yeah, Brandon walked in once in a swimsuit, and I finally had to say, no, Brandon, <laughs> go home. No, but, so, all right. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future of Larry Householder. We'll definitely talk when that case comes to trial. Just kind of a weird situation, and I, you know, Brandon's right. You know, right now, it's it used to be, hey, there's some concern of, like, maybe I wrote a love note to my secretary. I can't stay on. Now it's whatever happens, it's like, hey, you know, try kick me out, you know. I'm here. Get rid of me. You know, try it. And I kind of miss those days of, you know, hey, I respect the office. I I don't think I can go on like that. Um, Now, you can't quit if someone's making up stuff about you. But it seemed like there's some pretty fair allegations against Householder. And I don't know. Or... What if maybe if he just said, "Hey, I'm going to take some time off." Maybe that would be better for him. I I don't know, but you know, it is it is what happened. He's no longer um, a rep, and we'll see what happens. And I'm sure there'll be some special election in the future to decide what to do with that seat. So um, his seat was over in the Newark, Kashopton, uh, Zanesville So it'll be interesting to see who um, goes for it over there. Uh, hey, before we end our segment, uh, remember Chase Bank. Uh, if you're looking for a bank, even if you're not happy with your current bank, try Chase Bank um, on our page here. Just click on the link, set up account, attach a direct deposit to it, and you will get 225 bucks. No better way of earning money, free money, and having good banking at the same time. All right, thanks for checking out the Ohio. We'll be back shortly with a new segment. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope to learn more about our podcast, and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.